met yesterday with the leadership of the hospitality sector, uh, industry associations, hotels, restaurant owners and managers to talk about current compliance issues relating to laws of the country in respect of employment of of immigrants vis-a-vis South African citizens. The minister says that businesses could trigger tension when they overlook competent South Africans for jobs. So on the forum at uh, 8 this morning, we unpack some of these issues uh, with the various stakeholders and affected uh, departments. Uh, We are joined uh, for the first half hour, so if you have questions for uh, the the Department of Home Affairs, they can only be with us until uh, the news break. Maitlo Mechwete is Home Affairs Department spokesperson, and thank you so much for speaking to us this morning. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to your listeners. I haven't spoken to you all year, so yeah, I'll say it's, it's, it's been a while. Uh, it's been a while. Thanks for your time. Uh, Chifiwa uh, Chivengwa is a CEO of Federated Hospitality Association of South Africa. Thanks for your time as well. Uh, thank you, Sakina, and good morning to your listeners. And we're also joined by Wendy Alberts, a Restaurant Association of South Africa spokesperson. Thanks for your time as well, Wendy. Lovely. Thank you, Sakina, and hi to all the listeners. So, um, uh, Mike Twitter, let me start with you uh, looking at why exactly government uh, decided to embark on the action it did. Um, is there a problem with regard to uh, the compliance and the levels at which locals are not being employed? Well, the department is doing what it's supposed to be doing, and that's enforcing the current laws. So uh, this, this isn't something new that the minister uh, just woke up yesterday and decided must, uh, must, must begin happening. It, it's been the policy around uh, migration and employment for, for some time now. What we are reacting to uh, uh, in, in, a, in a more public manner, I suppose, is, the, is, is um, complaints and issues that were raised to us by certain stakeholders who said that there are certain sectors that are going out of their way to, to employ only foreign nationals. Now, we don't want to um, take that on face value and make that a fact. So what we have done is we have called those certain sectors into a room and we've raised these issues that our stakeholders have with, uh, um, with, with employment uh, practices and migration and so forth. And now we are working together to try and make sure that there isn't a deliberate uh, program to, to, to employ only foreign nationals for various of reasons, some of them including exploitation uh, happening in the South African economy. We want South Africans who are capable of doing the work to get those opportunities to do the work. So we, we, we don't want South Africans who are, um, because, they, because they believe in, in unions, because they believe in, in certain hours of, of work per week, because they believe in a certain amount of pay, to now become um, uncompetitive against exploitative or salary or slavery type employment practices of some people in certain sectors. So this is about enforcing compliance and I must commend the, um, the, 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 the associations that we met with yesterday for their, for their progressiveness on these issues that we are currently raising. So which are these uh, industries that uh, the, the, the sectors that are mostly affected by this compliance as pointed out by the complainants? The trend that we're picking up is that in most of your sectors that have low skills, um, you, you tend to pick up this trend or at least a complaint uh, coming from various stakeholders. So if you look at um, restaurants, uh, um, hospitality industry, 
if you look at agriculture, if you look at construction, these are the type of sectors where, um, you know, you don't need to have a, a, a degree or qualification or particular skill to work in those sectors. A lot, of, a lot of people working in those sectors are low-skilled workers. So South Africa has a huge labor market of low-skilled workers, um, and so does the static region. So what you have or what we are trying to avoid is a situation where uh, all the low-skilled or, or many low-skilled workers are coming into South, into South Africa and substituting South African workers for lower wages, for longer hours, for all those issues I've mentioned uh, that would make South African workers uncompetitive. So the sectors I'm speaking to are, are, are those sectors that have low-skilled workers, hospitality, restaurants, uh, construction, farming, and to some degree mining. So those are the, 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 the sectors that the minister has directed the department to begin engaging with. Wendy Albers, do you agree with these allegations? Um, thank you so much. Um, look, um I think it all needs to obviously be put into context, you know. So, um, one, we were obviously, um, you know, the meeting that we had yesterday was mandated, one, actually to talk about um, the implementation of the business visa. And whilst we are really appreciative of the engagements that took place with um, the Department of Home Affairs, um, there were obviously a number of, of issues that were raised at that particular meeting where we needed to... Um, referred back to our stakeholders to get their consensus on it and also to do a proper investigative study on it. Um, so when we look at this, I think it's really important that one, is there a study that has been conducted um, that shows exactly how much percentage within the restaurant sector is actually employing illegal immigrants or foreign um, immigrants? And I think it, it is certainly something that uh, we always feel within the restaurant industry that we are targeted. Um, and from our experience, a number of the restaurants that are members of the association are compliant in all the, the legal aspects and certainly do try and promote that there are visas for the particular um, foreigners that are employed in those and that there's also a large amount of skills that has been transferred, training, training programs, waiter programs, bar skills, bar upliftment skills. Um, but notwithstanding that there is a large portion in South Africa where there are a lot of types of, of hospitality or food outlets that do operate under the radar that are not necessarily always legal, um, and that is something that we won't have control over. And that's where we are always grateful to the relationship with Home Affairs um, to guide us in this relationship and say to us, you know, this is what they have available to us in ensuring that this sector is regulated and that um, the part in our sector that is experiencing difficulties in the employment of the um, uh, foreign immigrants or illegal immigrants can actually be brought to a, a table where we can understand which part of it to try and educate um, those, those um, parts of our industry. And notwithstanding that, we also have to look at uh, all the various components that one needs to look at as to why they are employing um, I I immigrants. Is that firstly, if we look at it, there are very, very low-level jobs. There are long hours, um, and there is very, very there's a, a great skill shortage um, in South Africa in the hospitality sector and especially in the restaurant sector. So we often find that we are the platform within the restaurants that are actually doing the upliftment of skills, and we are very often the platform and the springboard for um, staff to be trained in our sector to be promoted into other sectors. 
So I think that there's a, a, a complete and utter turnstile here where one looks at um, how much of a huge labor market pool we promote um, into other economic parts of, um, of industries. But surely that doesn't justify employing people who are illegally in the country or do not have the requisite uh, paperwork to be employed. Absolutely. You know, um, the employees that, uh, that knowingly and purposely employ foreign nationals, um, they have to take responsibility because that is an infringement of the law. And by all means, we support that. So, so, so let me just ask at this point, as the uh, Restaurant Association of South Africa, um, how many restaurants do we have in the country and how many of those are actually members of your association? So we represent um, the entire um, industry. We are the voice of the industry. We are a, um, we are a non-regulatory body, so we are a voluntary body, um, and we communicate to as many restaurants as we can far and wide. So we do not... Um, discriminate against any type of restaurant. So we talk to takeaways, um, QSRs, restaurants, um, fine dining, casual, um, experiential, food trucks. So we try and get legislation and compliance out to as many of the restaurants as um, there are out in South Africa. Um, the last study that we had, um, or last stats that we've been given, is that there are around about 23,000 uh, food outlets out there of which around about 10,000 of those are franchise operations. And then there's also the Shabins, taverns, and eateries, which um, take up a large portion, which some of those are not sitting in the 23,000, which could make up an additional 40,000 outlets. And of those, uh, are you aware of the scale of non-compliance? There's no, there's no research that's been done. Um, a couple of years ago, there was some raids on restaurants um, through Home Affairs, and what we found is that they were picking up um, um, employees that did have visas or even South Africans. Um, so we had good engagements with the um, Department of Home Affairs back then, and we worked quite closely um, with them ensuring that there is compliance in the industry. And we will continue to work, um, to work with Home Affairs to ensure that our restaurant sector is compliant. And we're also working and engaging with the Department of Labor to ensure that there are um, possibilities to... Um, bring more of a formal qualification to make a career out of um, uh, the, the, the jobs in restaurants in particular. So we are also very opportunistic that we can formalize some structures within that to upskill the labor in the, the restaurant sector and to get a, a, a greater skilled person coming in and making a long-term career in the industry. Chifiwa, what are your views about the situation as it stands currently? Um, thank you, Sakina, for, for the time. Um, you know, when we had this meeting yesterday um, with, with the minister, uh, we discussed, you know, the issues that were raised by the stakeholders in terms of, um, um, you know, you know, the perception or the reality of, uh, you know, non-South Africans that were being hired within this hospitality establishment. Uh, be it a, a, a guest house, be it a bed and breakfast, be it a hotel, uh, restaurant, and, you know, catering companies and so forth and so on. And, um, you know, regardless of whether this issue is a reality or, or not a reality, um, it, it is important that we take what the stakeholders are saying and what the citizens are saying in terms of either the perception or is it the reality. You know, how do we deal with this problem? 
uh, and how do we address, you know, the issue. And, you know, that was the context, uh, you know, also another context of the meeting in terms of how do we work together with Home Affairs to make sure that, you know, we deal with these issues that have been raised in, in terms of our industry. Now, you would have seen that... Uh, Please continue. You would have... You may continue, Chief Ewa. On, on our engagements, you know, we dealt with the issues of... Yes, on the business visa issue, you know, uh, it was it's clear that, uh, you know, when someone is coming to South Africa to invest in any business, at least 60% of their staff should be uh, South African. That's a minimum entry. But that doesn't mean that if you're a South African, you know, you just have to, you know, stop there and say 60% minimum or hire anyone else. It means that, uh, you know, we can go further from 60% to 80% to 90% or even 100%. Now, the issue that we're dealing with, you know, like Wendy said, you know, we did discuss that we need to research this issue to make sure that, you know, we have some sort of a, uh, a, a, a study that will say, you know, this is the number of people that are working within the establishments. This is, you know, how many are South Africans. This is how many are non-South Africans that are working within the hospitality industry. And then we'll take that and say, well, you know, how do we deal with the issue of uh, compliance and how do we deal with the issues of enforcement? And us as an association, you know, we do want to comply. We do comply. And we want, you know, even those that are sitting outside of our voluntary association to come on board so that, you know, they can all comply. And then we can have some sort of a regulation, you know, within the industry to make sure that, you know, we don't have this perception of the industry that is not complying with the laws of the land. And, and that is something that, you know, as, as, as an industry, it is something that we want to make sure that our members understand what, they, what the laws are about, what the law says, uh, what, is, what is it that, you know, uh, the law say about, you know, the immigrants that are coming into the country, you know, what kind of immigration papers they need to have to be able to be considered for these jobs. And also, over and above that, is to make sure that, we need to prioritize, you know, the citizens of the country. Uh, because if we don't prioritize the citizens of the country, who will prioritize the citizens of the country? We derive our benefit from, from you know, this country uh, as South African business, and we want to make sure that we are good corporate citizens, we follow the rules of the, of the country, and we know what those rules are. And that is why this engagement with Home Affairs. Uh, you know, Home Affairs was consulting with us to make sure that, you know, we are aware of, you know, the perception or the reality you know, about this issue. And we appreciate that engagement, uh, you know, so that we can look at it and say, how do we work together with, with, with Home Affairs uh, to make sure that, you know, you know, our members understand the rules, you know, the general public understand what it is that's happening within the, the, the industry. Uh, and uh, also, you know, to prevent, you know, things that could happen when people are saying that, you know what, uh, you know, you're hiring people that are foreigners, you know, but, not looking into whether they are legal foreigners or they are legal foreigners and so forth and so on. Mm. So, so that was the the context of this engagement, and we are very excited to be working with Home Affairs to ensure that you know we drive this compliance and enforcement of of, of, of these uh, regulations. Michael um, Mitchell, what is the punishment, uh, the sanction for businesses who are found to be employing uh, people who do not have the correct documentation to be employed? Well, we, 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 we are talking about up to two years in jail or a fine which is um, determined by the courts. 
So, uh, you know, in the past, we, we, we have been mostly targeting people that are, that are the employees uh, and finding people without documentation and then, and then reporting them. But we, we, uh, uh, under the direction of the minister, we've also realized the, the important role business has in here in that it creates the market for or in the incentives for those people to, to want to come here to get certain employment. So we are now targeting businesses and, uh, and not targeting businesses in an antagonistic fashion, but in a, in a collaborative fashion where we agree that these are the things that they should be complying with. Those that proceed and continue to fall outside of our agreement, outside of our compliance and our laws, would obviously face this punishment I'm speaking about of two years in jail or or, or a fine that is determined by the court per individual that's working for that company. And how many have uh, been met with the sanction as we speak? There's very very few. There's very few. As I'm saying, most, most of the attention has been on on, on, on targeting the, the, the workers. Uh, I think the, the, different, the difference of approach now, you will see a lot more of those numbers coming up. And the minister has said that this should uh, be a, a consistent campaign by inspectors to make sure that we continue to target business. And as we do that um, throughout the year, we'll begin to update the public on how many people we've, we've dealt with. I think we also want to take an approach of, of, of those people that are... are are just defiant against compliance that we will begin to name and shame them. So there, there are instances of certain companies that are alleged to have uh, brought in Chinese workers. We are currently investigating that. And once we have uh, all the facts on our side, we will begin naming and shaming, fining and even jailing people who are involved in these uh, irregular practices. Do you have uh, the capacity to be able to police this sufficiently? Not at home affairs, no. That's why, that's why we, we, we need the Department of Labor. That's why we need um, South African police services. But most importantly, that's why we need business. So we, we, we definitely have the, the means to, to, um, to go to a number of companies and begin doing this through our inspectorate, which is quite limited, but we do have the means to, to go to uh, a few groups, uh, take the media with us, Put this um, this issue in, in, in the public in the public domain, and have people changing their their behaviour. But we do not we do not have the resources or the capacity to police the, the the whole economy in terms of enforcement. So, initially, what the department is trying to do is grow its inspectorate. Uh, these are people that ensure that immigration laws are, are, are abided to. So we are we are trying to grow that. But in the meantime, we are we are working with business. We are working with Department of Labour. And we are working with African police services to make sure that these, these laws of ours are enforced. And I know we have to let you go, but uh, just a question here from Adia Petsane who says, what according to my Thloma is the difference between migrant workers and foreign international workers? Who's legal? Migrant workers and foreign international workers? Yes. I don't, I don't, I don't understand the question. I don't see the difference between the two. If you are coming outside of the, the, the country, uh, you are a, a migrant worker, whether you are foreign international or not. If you're coming outside of the country, you're, you're an immigrant that's working in the country. The determination will, will depend on the type of visa that you have. You can either have a work visa, you can have a skills visa, and then you, you, you can also be an asylum seeker that's working in the country. So those are the different determinations of, 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 of immigrant workers that we have in the country that 
sales visas, they could be work visas, they could be business visas, and then they could also be uh, asylum seekers or refugees who are working within the country. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Forum at 8. Now, at the moment, uh, there's much talk around uh, South African businesses ensuring that 60% of their staff are locals. This morning, we're trying to unpack some of these issues uh, with some of the affected uh, government departments and stakeholders. We did, uh, in fact, invite the Department of Labor, but unfortunately, uh, they did not get back to us. But we do have with us uh, this morning, Maithlome uh, Chwete, uh, from uh, the Department of Home Affairs, and he's agreed to stay on a little longer. We also have Wendy Alberts from the Restaurant Association of South Africa, as well as Chifiwa uh, Chivengwa, who is a CEO of Federated Hospitality Association of South Africa, FEDHASA. And uh, let me just run through the messages because the calls are coming in thick and fast, so you'll have opportunity to respond to that. Um, Zaki Matebula says, SK, I think you're in Auckland Park, so just go to Melville. There are many restaurants, 80% of workers are outsiders. Uh, Tolani says uh, at uh, Worcester, Wolseley, Ceres, the Duan, most of the farm workers there are from Lesotho. And then uh, Nlala says, uh, go check spa in Pretoria North, the spur in Sunnyside in Pretoria, 100% Zimbabwean employees there. Uh, Foster says, always said it, Sakina, if Zimbabweans came to South Africa wealthy, they would be running the restaurant industry in this country. Tsepisa Mokwena says, are foreign workers protected by South African labor laws? If not, what is in place to police the exploitation of foreigners? Uh, Deed says, the people who are singling out Cape Town are absolutely spot on. I can also attest to that. Uh, Mali says, home affairs, uh, this is going to fuel xenophobia again. I hope that uh, we, uh, the debate will be sensitive to this. Luzugo, uh, historically in South Africa, white-owned businesses exploit foreigners, especially in the hospitality and security industries. And uh, then uh, this one from Andile, Andile Ngritama, who says Zimbabweans with O and A levels uh, to help with the South African education crisis in South Africa are already in South Africa and most of them are wasted as waitress and uh, waiters and waitresses. Loni says, what is the role of the Department um, of Labor in this matter? Do foreigners enjoy the same uh, labor rights? A similar question to what Sebiso posed. And uh, Anele says, I happen to be the only South African in the company that I work for with uh, Zimbabweans without any valid documents. Care to tell us which company that is so we can put the authorities onto them? Um, so, so you don't have to do that on uh, the Twitter feed. You can send me an an SMS uh, or an email, and we could follow up on that. Well, uh, Nick in Hilton on the SMS line says, restaurants and hotels employ foreigners uh, because they are better educated, they work harder, and offer better service to the customers. Jonathan says, SK, if South Africans can have a change of attitude and mindset towards hard work, the hospitality industry can be the employment changer for South Africa. Chifiwa, do South Africans have an attitude problem? Is that why they... uh, seem to not be favored in this industry? Um, Sakina, this is the issue that we, 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 we also sort of touched on yesterday. But we cannot say that you know, South Africans have you know, this kind of attitude or that kind of attitude to, to, to work. Everyone has a certain attitude to, 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 to work. What we need to do is to make sure that you know, the, the jobs that are within the hospitality industry 
are professionalized. You know, we don't want people to look down and say, well, you know, I wouldn't want to be a waiter. I wouldn't want to be a cleaner in terms of cleaning hotel rooms. Um, I wouldn't want to be a gardener, you know, in, in within the hotel space or the restaurant space. So we want people to, to, to look at it and say, you know, these are the jobs that are available and these are the jobs that, uh, you know, that could grow into. And, uh, you know, you can start being a cleaner. You can end up being a general manager of uh, of a hotel. So, so also we want to make sure that you know the people that are, are working, and especially in, in the side of you know in, in the hotel space where we, you know, all our you know members uh, you know follow the sectoral determination in terms of you know the wages that needs to be to be paid uh, to, to 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 the employees. Uh, we we make sure that you know you know the, 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 you know the employees. Uh, represented, they've got their own forums. You know, if they want to belong to a union, they've got the right to belong to a union, and so forth and so on. So, so I don't think it's an issue of of, of whether South African has you know a certain attitude to a certain type of a job, but it's an issue where you know we need to look at it from from the training point of view to say you know how do we professionalize you know the skills within the hospitality industry. If you look at uh, uh, you know countries like Switzerland, there are people that are you know waiters. You know, it's a professional thing. Uh, you go to places like New York, it's a professional job. People make a living out of it. And we want, here in South Africa, you know, for all the people that are entering into the, the hospitality industry to have the same. So it, it's a matter of making sure that it's a professional qualification. Uh, it's not something that, you know, you can you work in protest whereby you're like, I don't like to do this, and I want to be, you know, sitting in an office somewhere. This is a job just like any other job. You know, I'll give you an example. There are people, you know, that will rather uh, sometimes, you know, have, you know, wash cars instead of, you know, cleaning a hotel room. When you are within a hotel space, you are in a protected space. Uh, you have the voice. You have a minimum wage that comes on the basis of the sectoral determination uh, that we participate in with the Department of Labor to make sure that, you know, people are employed the right amount, people are paid the right amount of money that they need to be paid. Uh, same thing happened within the restaurant space. Uh, you know, there's bargaining councils. Uh, there are restaurants that follow all the rules that needs to be followed. You know, we do have a problem with others that are sitting outside of you belonging to an association that have, you know, a, a code of conduct that needs to be followed. What are what are those rules, uh, especially in the restaurant sector? Is there a basic minimum wage? Yes, there is a sectoral determination that says, you know, people that are working within the hospitality industry, which includes restaurant, you know, this is how, you know, the wages are calculated. Uh, and Wendy can explain further on that. Uh, okay, let's get Wendy to explain. In, 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 in things like that. Uh, Wendy, please explain what that is, because uh, uh, there are allegations of widespread exploitation in the sector where people are not paid a minimum wage uh, or a basic wage, and uh, they depend solely on tips. And uh, this is one of the reasons cited by South Africans for not being interested in taking up these jobs. Absolutely. Now, um, you know, I think that there's a common perception in our industry that uh, there's a huge um, employment of illegal immigrants. And or, or immigrants. And if we look at the history on this, um, I think that there's a, a huge um, train here that comes through that a lot of the immigrants are in desperate need of employment and that will accept employment at a less favorable wage or rate in terms um, of a South African. Um, there's also um, that the employment contract is not recognized in the law because the foreign national is not permitted to work in South Africa. Um, there are other issues as well that... Um, one needs to look at that 
it's also they do not fall within the unions um, and the trade unions um, in an attempt to ensure that they do meet the minimum wage requirements, that they often will work longer hours, that they are harder workers, um, that they have more valuable resources, um, that they are um, well-spoken, that they're often well-educated. So when we look at this all as a variable, we look and we see that the, the perception is that there are many foreigners who are much harder workers um, than what our local South Africans are. And then we also put in context of the minimum wage. We One is a minimum wage that is um, determined um, for everybody working in the industry, um, and the minimum wage is an hourly rate um, that each person gets paid determined on each one of the regions. The table is available on our website, so you can go and have a look um, at what those minimum wages are if you've got uh, less than 10 employees, more than 10, what areas you work in, what the annual increases are, what the transport allowances are, et cetera, et cetera. Those are also governed by the conditions of employment, and those are also negotiated through the different bargaining councils. Um, so what happens is, obviously, a lot of the staff rely on tips, and they make exceptionally good money on tips. So the very, very good waiters um, can make um, quite an exorbitant salary on tips. So what happens is that they, um, they will either get paid in some instances, depending on the terms of contract and the hours that they work, a percentage of their sales, or they take the minimum wage. Sometimes when they're working on the minimum wage, they don't always effectively do their jobs. Um, and that goes back to exactly um, what Fed Harder said, is that as um, the hospitality sector, the only way that we're going to overcome all these challenges, one, is to formalize the sector in terms of job descriptions. One, there needs to be a formal education um, in terms of what they do, the role and responsibility, um, and then also a pride for that job so that there is a consistent um, longevity in staying in the industry as a career. So what we find often what is happening is that because this is a low-skills work sector, there's no sustainability. So the time span and the lifespan for an average person to be employed in the industry is possibly three months because they consistently move where there are bigger tips, not necessarily um, a higher minimum wage, or they move into different sectors. So the investment into skills development is often a very, very expensive part for a restauranteur to invest in because it is not a formal, um, there's no formal qualification on it. So we have a lot of restaurants that are very opportunistic to upskill, to train, to do waiter training, et cetera, et cetera. But the staff take and they, they move on to, um, to greener pastures or to different um, industries completely. Um, and this is one of the major challenges that we need to work with Department of Labor in terms of bringing skill sets um, where we can allow um, young school leavers to come into hospitality and to be trained according to the different jobs and to formalize those jobs so that there is a respect and a pride for those jobs. Okay. Um, uh, let's take a few calls from our listeners. 891 What are your views on this matter? Peter Wiley in uh, Grahamstown. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Not only the hotel industry, but the farming industry on Monday, I certainly could have done with some foreign nationals because not one of our males came to work. They were still drunk from the weekend. The females had to carry all the containers. And there is just a total lack of gratitude amongst the, the local people here as to what we stand for. I said to them this morning, you must look at me and appreciate what I stand for, because look at the farms around us. There's nothing happening, and it's just a basic lack of work ethic and sense of responsibility, and it goes much deeper than that. There's 
a sort of a resentment for what we stand for. They look at us as if we, uh, as if we're privileged, and we are very unprivileged. Because I could tell you about our financial situation, and it is bad. But they don't appreciate us. We do virtually all the schools in the township here, and there's no gratitude from any of the locals. Do you employ any uh, foreign nationals? Never have done. Never. Uh, I, in fact, I wish we could, because these locals here, uh, it's almost like a closed shop. Um, they wouldn't allow a foreign national onto the farm. He'd be, he'd be uh, ostracized. He wouldn't be welcome here. And it is a sick situation with the labor. You've got to watch them all the time. And we, and we actually feel threatened all the time on this farm by what is happening around us. It's, it's really a, a very bad situation in this country as, as far as work ethic and attitude towards the minority groups who actually run the business and run the country. Okay. Peter Wiley in Grahamstown, uh, you agree, you disagree. Um, this one from Maketa says, uh, biased ANC targeting only Basutu nationals from Lesotho with their influx control permit system. I'll ask uh, my Thome about that, but let's hear from Anonymous in Randburg. Good morning. I'm wondering how are you, Sakina? Well, and you? I'm doing okay. I was thinking, I'd like to uh, ask in the demo, is he aware that... Uh, not only the, the hospitality industry or the family and and um, the others, as well as the, the people who look after our children at the crisis, most here where I say they are Zimbabweans. And the reason that I'm saying that is because uh, next off there's a crash, and then these ladies from Zimbabwe, they don't treat our children very well. They beat them up. And I know other areas as well where people have been complaining that most Zimbabweans uh, ladies, they beat up their children. Just that the children cannot say. They should, some of the children cannot, can, cannot speak. If they are aware that not only that, also uh, at the crashes, we have that problem as well. Thank you very much, Osikina. Okay, thank you so much, Anonymous. And uh, just to reiterate, uh, it does not mean that people should not employ foreign nationals. They must just have the requisite uh, paperwork. And, uh, of course, uh, there is that quota that needs to be adhered to. Nomsa in Johannesburg, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Welcome. I really want to differ with your last caller. This is a worst, worst, worst abused career environment called hospitality. I've got a four-year degree daughter who qualified from the University of Pretoria. Everywhere she goes, she's told that this is not a career-guided environment it is about to how many years you have been working so you can sit with your honors degree. As a result, she has actually abandoned the whole career which she liked from the age of three years. She worked in, in Randbeck at some stage. And I'm telling you, the whole, whole stuff were coming from them. And they were even passed to that, to that uh, uh, environment, which I'm not going to name on the, on the radio. They must come out clean that it is not about our children not wanting to work. It is the environment which is very much abusive. Thank you very much, Sakina. Thank you so much, uh, Nomsa. Uh, Judy says, Spur in Cresta says outright that they do not hire locals. Munaheng in Parklands, good morning. Yes, Sakina. Welcome, Munaheng. We're listening. Okay. Uh, you know what, uh, uh, Ms. Akina, we must, we must tell the truth. The truth is, these guys, this, uh, especially in the construction uh, industry, these people are not hiring us. They are hiring people coming from uh, outside the country because they are cutting their expenses, you know. And then we've, 
where I'm calling now uh, here from department, if you go to the garage where I used to buy bread and airtime every day, if you go there, about 95% of people uh, uh, working there are, are foreigners they, uh, uh, coming from outside the country. Is that fair to us as South Africans uh, looking for a job every day and then you go to the construction site, you find that people that are working there, they are foreigners, you are not working. Do you see this is uh, what is exactly triggering xenophobia? Mm. Because we are not happy. Some other people are happy. We are looking for the job. People are working. We are not working as locals. That is uh, that is painful. And I, I, I am in, su in full support. Uh, I'm supporting the Hoba Fest uh, uh, for this. Uh, 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 uh. Thank you so much. We got the point. Munahang in uh, Parklands, Vasco in Johannesburg. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, my sister? I'm well, and you? Yes. I would like also to give my contribution on the issue of employment of um, migrants in South Africa and also on the issue of refugees. Yes. The, the, the people, sometimes they don't understand why is the, um, the cause of, of... Hello? Hello. Uh, okay, we'll try and uh, fix uh, whatever's going on on Vasco's line. Uh, Tato says, exploiters hide behind this flawed argument that South Africans are lazy. A manufactured reality is what that is. Um, this one says, uh, home affairs must also police Chinese immigrants brought by companies that are taking over South Africa. I think my Twitter did allude to that. Uh, Marubini says, in the uh, civil engineering sector, consulting and construction, foreigners are being hired because they are paid less. And that seems to be a recurring theme, that the employers prefer to employ foreign nationals, whether they have documentation or not, because of exploitation, because they know that perhaps they cannot enforce some of uh, the uh, stipulations, regulatory stipulations on South Africans in the manner in which they can flout it or circumvent it with foreigners. What's your point? Uh, what's your view on that, uh, Mr. Chuete? Well, um, again, I certainly I'd like to say that um, we... I appreciate all the all the different callers that have called in. This clearly is a, a sensitive and um, um, close to the heart subject for many South Africans, but even foreign nationals. So I must commend you for giving us this platform. Perhaps in, in future we'll probably need about three hours to discuss this thing thoroughly. But I, I, I would also caution and, and advise people to to have maturity when we discuss the issue of migration. We, we cannot at any particular point go to an extreme generalization about any particular foreign national that certain foreign nationals are more um, inclined to crime or more inclined to, uh, inclined to abuse and so forth. Nor can we also take the, the, the extreme version that South Africans are just lazy people, South Africans steal. All those things are, are, are the generalizations that make uh, a mature discussion on migration very difficult. So let, let's... Try be evidence based when we look at what's um, confronting us. So, firstly, there was a comment that was made that um, we are policing uh, Basutu people, which is not true. I mean, Minister just opened a, a Lesotho special permit to give documentation to Lesotho people who are in the country without documentation. And on the same point, there was a comment on Twitter made that um, where does the minister expect uh, Zimbabweans and Lesotho people to work when he's giving out permits? Remember, some of the, the reasons behind permitting people is for them to use their labor rights that they then begin to enjoy. 
What, what works against us in terms of uh, exploitation is when people are without documents. Therefore, people can be exploited and people have no recourse. They have nowhere to go report any exploitation to. Some of these businesses that engage in these practices know that once I employ an undocumented person, who is he going to complain to if I don't pay him mm. or if I, if I call home affairs to come deport him when it's payday? These are the type of issues that are coming from the market. So the other caller said that um, you know, this, this topic may raise xenophobia. I don't agree with that. I think, as I'm saying, we must have a mature discussion because it doesn't help also, Sakina, to ignore what people are saying. Just by looking at your calls coming in, this is clearly a, a topic that is on, is on South Africans' minds. So Home Affairs is not doing any service to integration of SADAC, to, um, to, to migration and proper practices by ignoring the comments that are coming from people. Our responsibility as Home Affairs is to ensure we engage with business and ensure that they live up to the compliances that our constitution expects them to. So that's what we are trying to do. And we are trying to move away from, you know, these very backward um, forms of thinking where you make sweeping generalizations about about a person based on their country of origin. There are many people who acknowledge that there are Zimbabweans in the country who contribute positively to the South African economy, Nigerians and Kenyans and so forth. And, so, and Home Affairs is definitely a department that acknowledges that. At any given point, Sakina, and the last point, Home Affairs can be accused of two things. At any given point, we can be accused of being draconian and trying to close the country off. And at any given point, we can be accused of um, being too open and letting everyone into the country. So we are going to be criticized from both sides as home affairs. Our responsibility is to be balanced, to acknowledge that uh, South Africa cannot be isolated from the continent. We need Africans, skilled Africans in the country, but also acknowledge at the same time that South Africans cannot be overlooked for work when they have the, the capacity to do the work only because workers want more profits, want to exploit undocumented migrants. Those practices must be rooted out, and we are going to take a very hard line against companies that are, are, are engaging in that type of practice. Oh, here's uh, one such accusation. Tabang says uh, taking a leaf out of Trumponomics is home affairs. And uh, this one from Felix says uh, hospitality workers pay taxes. Uh, why is the Department of Labor, uh, why don't they have a database and uh, home affairs? Why can't you access that database? And as I said, it's a pity that we don't have the Department of Labor with us here today. Uh, Lucifer Jr. says uh, foreigners are favored simply because they are easily exploited. No signs to that. And uh, Tsotsi Town Media, uh, white businesses exploit historically. They choose foreigners because local blacks are unionized and they want cheap labor. And Cyprian and Brett says, it's not that Home Affairs and the Department of Labor have no idea of what's going on. Um, a spa and some restaurants, uh, uh, the, it's just that perhaps, you know, you're not doing enough to get to the bottom of these issues. Well, we have uh, just about a minute, so 30 seconds each, uh, Chifiwa, and also to Wendy to wrap it up. Wendy, what's your final thought? Um, we obviously welcome engagements with the Home Affairs and Department of Labor. You know, the spirit of collaboration to examine any possibility and procedure that will enhance the restaurant industry in capacity to uplift skills and obviously to bring the necessary training and uh, job formalizations is, is definitely open for discussions. Um, and we appreciate their time. I think there's no doubt that these discussions, they are sensitive. Um, but you're correct in saying if they're mature, we can certainly make conclusive decisions and encourage more conversations to the benefit of our industry 
and to ensure that we ultimately safeguard our industry and all the businesses within the restaurant sector, that they do meet the minimum requirements um, and that they do employ um, in the correct manner and standard as um, the um, law provides. Thank you so much. Chifiwa. Uh, I think this was a, you know, it's a, it's a discussion that, you know, I think the public needs to know that, you know, we as an industry, we are doing something about it. We are engaging with all relevant authorities uh, to make sure that, you know, there is compliance within the industry and, uh, you know, there is prioritization of South African citizens when it comes to these jobs. So it is, you know, a message that we'll send out to the public in terms of where we are with this process. Well, thank you so much to our guests this morning. It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live.